0: See the rising Fair dear land And maple grow great
1: Canada, oh Canada, Canada, where pines and maples grow, great prairies spread, and lordly rivers flow. So that is my favorite version of the Canadian National Anthem, and uh, it's being played this week because today is Canada Day for all of our international listeners, just to fill you in so you know what the heck's going on. So, this episode is going to be a little more simple, like the simpler times of 1908. Um, It actually is with the veteran guest now, Logos Pilgrim from Ottawa. And uh, the interview started out about cosplay, because she does some cosplay, quite a bit actually, But then it kind of morphed off into a discussion, an impassioned discussion about Charlie Chaplin. And um, I think the name of the cartoon is uh, Captain Albator. Yes, well, you'll hear the exact name. It's actually popular in Quebec and Italy and France. And so we have comic books a little cosplay, a lot of Charlie Chaplin, and um, some anime as well this week. And um, so without further ado, let's go right into this interview. Um, And, uh, you know, it's a simple, less formal kind of interview for a nice national long weekend, Canada Day and also the 4th of July. So let's all listen to this while doing whatever it is we do on these great national days. I just remember watching a, a cartoon with my son and there was this character called White Tiger. She's dressed up in this like this skin-tight white outfit and, right. and it looks almost as if she's naked but they just forgot to draw on, you know... <laughs> the bits right otherwise
2: as the the church lady would say isn't that convenient
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's like you might as well you could just take like a marker or something you could just draw in the bits and then you'd have it right that well yeah you know i mean well
2: the thing is like you know i mean you think about spider-man he's been going around in skin tight stuff like for years now um you know, it leaves fairly little to the imagination.
1: <laughs> I never even <laughs> you know? thought of that. I guess you're right.
2: You know, Spidey's in tights. And I mean, there was actually, oh my gosh, I, I forget when I saw this particular comic book. This is a fairly recent one. And for some reason, I forget what the heck it is or who does this precisely. But um, uh, he basically he's in the middle of a fight and he uh you know his enemy somehow manages through some tactic that i forget like i said what it was there but uh, spidey ends up basically being stripped and he quickly (laughs) he quickly covers his you know vital areas with webbing (laughs) and you know you just see him go past the you go, you know, going past a window like an off of, a, of an office building and people are like, you know, like, oh, my God. And there was like, "Woo!" <laughs> like, hey, that looks pretty good to me. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty funny. So, <clears throat> you know, so
1: given the situation I, that that almost is almost uh, sort of like just recompense. <laughs> they you have.
2: Could, I suppose I
1: mean well, like I mean, you've got basically because you got a lot of the female characters seem to be jumping around in loincloths.
2: Absolutely. Oh, for sure, you know. So and I mean Spider Man's never been, you know, boorish, uh have this 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 type of, you know, unpleasant disposition or anything like that where he'd uh, you know, uh,
1: he's not like a no, sexist no. pig, he's a gentleman.
2: Yes, he is. You know, he's, uh, and I mean, uh, I mean, and he's, he tends to be seen as a bit of like, uh, you know, wet behind the ears. <laughs> by, by yeah, the way, I mean, that's what I got. If to. we go back, right. You know, if we go, you know, now that I'm going to, I'm going to reveal just how old I'm about to become here. Um, but back in the 80s, you know, when I was in high school, there was this great story where um, that was when he first crossed uh, paths with the black cat. And she used to throw him for her loop constantly. Um, like there was one time, uh, I mean, she was at that time, she was still a, like a cat burglar, if you will. And, um, you know, she did all kinds of things like she made him think she was crazy. <laughs> so he would let her go and he totally bought it, you know, and. Um, and uh, that, like, you know, that she had some kind of mental illness because she had like this shrine to him in in her apartment. But during one of their first encounters, where he's essentially about to catch her, you know, and she starts talking to him, and she's, oh, you know, you've, I've always admired you, Spidey, and la la la, and um, and she proceeds basically to lift up his mask up his nose, and he's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> like he had to ask. <laughs> So you know, well, I, I had to do this if I was, you know, going to do this. And she proceeds to, you know, to start kissing him, and uh, she, <clears throat> and then she's like, "Well, that was nice. So I'll uh, catch you later." And he's like, "Uh, wait a minute, what?" <laughs> and she just goes off, and he's kind of standing there, and uh, the cops come, and uh, you know, so what happened here? He's like, "Uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing." <laughs>
1: Tell me a little bit about cosplay, because um, if we go to your website, uh, yep. we're going to see you dressed up in um, as all kinds of things. Everything from Charlie Chaplin, which yep. is the sort of cosplay that I don't actually often see on the Internet, to uh, <laughs> Professor Snape, which is a little bit more, uh, I guess, mainstream
2: might be the right word. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, like Charlie you know, goes back to when I was a teenager. Uh, you know, I just fell in love with Charlie Chaplin's movies, and I, I've always loved dressing up. It was just second nature to dress up. So, um and Charlie is so much fun to impersonate. That goes back some, some time. Of course, back then we didn't have, you know, the... Marvelous equipment we have now with, you know, digital cameras and all those fabulous things. So uh, I finally got to doing a really good photo session dressed up like Charlie because i had been wanting to have, you know, good photos of that for the longest time because it's just so much fun to do. I love uh, staging photographs like that, you know, and of course you can now you you use your computer and you can, you know, make them sepia toned and black and white and, um That's quite a bit of fun.
1: And when you were a kid, did you watch The Kid or some of these? Is it The Kid?
2: Yeah, he did The Kid. That was actually his first, you know, actually, I think, you know, if I'm not mistaken, it was the first you know, major motion picture ever made. It was like a two-reeler um, and that had never been done before. You know, it was quite a huge thing at the time. And um, I was a teenager when I saw the kid and I saw, you know, City Lights and The Circus and, you know, a whole bunch of his earlier films there, Payday, A Day's Pleasure, Sunnyside. Uh, and so on and so forth you know he was amazing (laughs) he was amazing I just love Charlie he was you know there was that wonderful pathos there there was humor mixed with tragedy and uh, you know the little tramp could combine those two things so beautifully and uh, you know the artistry of it was just so breathtaking and uh, you know I could really relate to the little tramp being a a little wanderer if you will (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think that probably Charlie Chaplin. Although I have a lot of respect for Buster Keaton too. Buster, he did all of his own stunts. I read, and he's fantastic at that. I think that maybe it was the pathos, you know.
2: Well, yeah, Charlie. I mean, he was in a league of his own. You know, there he there was. He was just like he was more than a sad clown. He was just there was this. Humanity, this dimension to him that was, that would just, you know, he was like the every man and everyone who's ever been, you know, set aside for whatever reason would really relate to Charlie. Like, you know, when uh, he did the gold rush and he does this, um, uh, you know, he falls in love with one of the girls who works at the saloon there in the gold mining town she tells him that he's, you know, she he's going to come over to his little cabin for a little uh, New Year's thing. And he goes through um, all these preparations. He's so excited, you know. Um, she had accepted under pressure from, you know, because uh, she was actually dating this, you know, those, those type of heavies you used to see in black and white movies. Right. They go over there and... Just to look through the window and he's completely dejected because uh, he's gone through all this trouble, you know, fashioning this, this, this pseudo middle class table, if you will, for them. And no one comes. She feels really terrible when she sees that when she realizes you know just that he had really taken that quite seriously and it, it was you know contrasted with her boyfriend who's rather shallow <laughs> you it's know? just
1: like he's like the the kind of guy who who kicks sand in the face of the the wimp right. on the beach
2: just you know just no not much substance there um and it was such a incredibly touching moment and of course I, I mean the ultimate touching moment which was of course the end of city lights where um, you have this blind girl who for, you know, during the entire movie was convinced that uh, this rich man had come to her rescue and it was Charlie, you know, the only reason she thought it, he was rich is because of a slamming car door. He kept up the pretense because, um, you know, he just loved her and he, he tried to, to help her. As best he could, and through a whole series of, of you know, mishaps, including a, a friendship with, you know, a rich man who basically remembered him when he was drunk and forgot who he was when he was sober. <laughs> like every <laughs> every time he yeah, every time you know, like the alcohol would 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 uh, dissipate, and you know, he would basically kick Charlie out of his house after partying with him all night, and during one of those drunken moments. Uh, Charlie had told him about the plight of this uh, of this young woman, and you know there was some operation she could get that she could regain her sight, and you know she didn't have the money. Uh, she had you know taking care of this of her you know her elderly mother, and you know she's a flower girl. She sells flowers on the sidewalk and so on the the rich man promises charlie that you know i'll i'll help you i'll i'll give you this money and charlie saves his life because these you know these thieves come into the house with guns and you know this is after the rich man's given him the money and and you know and so uh, uh, the police believe that charlie stole the money and uh, but he does manage to get it to the to get it to the blind girl uh, before he he knows he's going to be carted off to jail when they find him. Um, and he tells her that he has to go away. He doesn't know when he'll be able to, you know, come back if ever. And he's carted off to jail. Meanwhile, she gets this operation and then everything, you know, goes really well for her. She uh, We see her at the end of the movie. She has her own florist shop now. She looks very well off. Everything is wonderful and uh, she can see obviously she's regained her sight and then uh, we see charlie looking more dejected than he's ever had in any of his films he's really he's really hit you know the bottom of the he's barrel he's gotten
1: out of jail
2: basically he's gotten out of jail he's released from jail and he's just i mean he it's the first time you see him without his cane which mm. was like you know a little object of dignity that he had so he doesn't even have that and, you know, he's being teased by these little newspaper boys right near where, you know, the, that florist chop is. And she sees him and she finds this whole thing really quite amusing. And, and the thing is, though, he turns around and he sees her and he just freezes, you know, and he has this smile on his face. <clears throat> and then she just thinks he's adorable. And she motions for him to come closer, like she has, you know, like a, like a, some money in one hand. And he slowly comes closer, and he, you know, he takes it, and he's just looking at her with this odd, love-struck expression. It's just amazing. She asks her assistant for for a flower, just like, you know, and she's handing it out to her, just like she used to do when she was trying to sell these little flowers on on the sidewalk. And he comes closer. And then she's going to put her put the flower in his uh, in his uh, you know coat pocket there, and she runs her hand up his lapels, and then she freezes.
1: Oh, because she find this now is how she, she she would have recognized him.
2: Exactly. Now she knows who he is. You know, when she runs he, and you see her, she just looks and she says, "You," and he nods and he says, "You know, you can see now." I just even just saying it, I'm choking up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this it is a moment.
2: It she, makes me choke up. She
1: can see. But there's, yes, there's and he two says meanings. Basic,
2: for that. Oh, absolutely, you know. He tells her, You can see now and she says, Yes, I can see now. And you just see this close up of him smiling at her with, you know, the flower near his mouth and it ends like that, you know, with this just It's like an unparalleled moment in movie history As far as I'm concerned There's just nothing like it, you know
1: It's Life Mark A made-for-TV podcast Each week, two friends plus occasional guests Watch the best and worst Made-for-TV movies That Lifetime and the Hallmark Network Have to offer These movies have it all Bad Boyfriends, Adopted Babies Crimes of Passion Women Who Own Gluten-Free Bakeries watch along with us and subscribe to LifeMark on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are sold. So basically, uh, Charlie Chaplin had a profound effect on you when you were a, a child and you were growing up and you saw all uh, these well, films.
2: More like when I was a teenager. teenager. Actually. I mean, if, if we get into childhood years, uh, you know the the character at that time that you know one of one of them anyways that that really left a, an indelible mark was Captain Harlock.
1: This is from uh, what st- show is this from?
2: This is well, this is a, an anime that was actually incredibly popular in um, in France, in Quebec, in Italy. We knew him as as we didn't know him as Harlock, right? We knew him as the Capitaine right they changed his name because mm-hmm. uh, harlock sounded too much like you know the adock the captain Duck in the tintin books <laughs> <laughs> they sounded too alike. So they, they, they gave him another a completely different name in French. And, you know, he was another one of those. Uh, he has so much in common with Professor Snape. He's the kind of, uh, again, like, you know, he would be fighting for planet Earth. He'd been, you know, he had a price on his head. He was seen as a traitor. And he still fought to protect planet Earth against these invaders that the leaders of Earth didn't even believe existed. <laughs> He didn't expect anything from, from anyone, but on the other hand, he, uh, you know, he would do what he needed to do no matter what anyone said. <laughs> you know,
3: so he so it's it like, you way. don't
2: owe me anything and I, I don't owe anything to anyone in a sense. It, it was kind of like, you know, he, when he had a, a young crewmate come on board, he said, look, anytime you want to leave, you leave. You don't need to give me any explanation. You don't have to justify yourself. You stay because you want to stay. Okay, and when when I make decisions, well, that's the decision, and that's it. You know, he's not going to explain himself to anyone either. <laughs> so,
1: <clears throat> so you dressed up as 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 the captain uh, from uh, the Goldorak see uh, show.
2: No, 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 that's that's Goldirack was a whole other thing. Oh, okay, so <laughs> that was Cap- a, that. No, that was like that was Captain Harlock or the Captain Albata.
3: Which and, is, and that's, rec,
2: that's another another anime, which Goldirac, was also incredibly it, popular at the time. but right. the thing is, Harlock was a lot darker. It okay. was a it was a fairly dark show, you know so, it, so the
1: name so the name of the show was Harlock, but they translated it to to
2: albatar
1: albatar. That's and then right. Goldarak, which is a lot of my friends in here in Quebec <laughs> watch. <laughs> yeah, they, I did they told too. me it, it's sort of like, a French Voltron almost. It's like yeah, this robot. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It was a prince from another planet, you know, kind of a Superman thing, basically. And he, he, he uh, you know, crash landed on Earth or something. And he had this, you know, this kind of uh, spaceship that turned into this giant robot. And he would fight, you know, against these people who wanted to invade the planet. Whereas Harlock, Captain Albata had his ship. And he was not on planet Earth. He was exiled from Earth. He couldn't even technically go on Earth. He would just be in this, in this ship, which was actually the nerve center of this ship. Was you know the soul of his friend who basically built the ship. So the ship was alive, basically. Okay. Right. The the ship is like the forty-first passenger if uh, crewmate rather um, if I remember you know the number correctly it was it was a very intense show very intense for younger viewers you know a lot of stuff these days I don't even think they'd allow on television for instance you know this one character the general villac basically spends 40 episodes trying to kill him in a variety of <laughs> different ways shooting at him blowing him up uh, ex- uh, you know executing him and so on and so forth and at the end the general realizes that that Harlock had been right all along, that, you know, these, these Sylvidre were these sort of plant women. They're not really women, but they just look like women and they're plant alien creatures that want to take over the earth, that they actually existed and the threat was real and so on. Immediately, uh, you know, Harlock was like, well, come on board. Like, you know, like the 45 the first episodes never happened. No big deal. Yeah, Try to kill me. Doesn't uh, matter. It, you know, he told him water under the bridge, you know. And when the of course, the the general died at one point trying to protect the captain's ship. And, you know, when they buried the uh, general, the captain referred to him as my friend. Villac. It's just incredibly intense.
1: <laughs> that, that's pretty epic for kid it, uh, for a kid's program.
2: It is. You know, I mean, they actually released the whole series on DVD not all that long ago, like a two, three years ago or something. And I remember when I watched it, uh, really being quite blown away by, you know, the impact the show had on me. Um, well, because- yeah, uh,
1: def- I mean, for sure. I mean, I guess my equivalent would have been maybe Voltron. And there were two kinds of there were Voltron and Robotech. There was right. was this program called Robotech, and some of the themes in Robotech were actually kind of adult.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, they were taught, they 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 talked, to, I think Robotech was actually a euphemism for sex, or there's some euphemism for sex. It kept on putting the female <laughs> and the male together in a room, and they would all watch eagerly and,
3: oh, like, go hello. ahead and...
1: It's like, do your thing. We're interested to know how, how do you reproduce? Like, they were literally going to this. I remember it. And, uh, wow. and I mean, Robotech, yeah. And, and Robotech itself, I remember it was, it was not actually called Robotech, I don't think, in, in Japan. I think it was like a stitching together of different stories,
3: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. of
1: series. Like, they just sort of stitched them together and resold them to the US and Canada.
2: Oh yeah, well they know they're very they're very inventive that way, <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> so so it was a little more adult, and then also they had Voltron, and they had two kinds, they had two flavors. They had the cool one with the with the tigers that all got together to make the robot. Oh, I
2: remember that. Yeah, that or is it lions?
1: Lions. Yeah, I think
2: I yeah some type of feline creature that that does ring a bell. But
1: they had the not so cool version where it was um it was a bunch of spaceships that all got together to make Voltron. Right. So there were two different Voltrons actually.
2: The things we had to learn when we were kids, eh? <laughs>
1: How do we keep <laughs> these have things keep, straight?
2: I <laughs> had to keep all that stuff <laughs> inside your head and sort it but all out. Oh, all, goodness. All that's
1: frozen in my past. I mean, I didn't I, I mean I watched Voltron um, you know, before Scooby Doo came on in the afternoon, so I mean uh, that—that's right. the extent. I never went to a—I never went to like a con or anything like that. Um, so I mean, I've never dressed up. Where can we reach you, uh, Logos, w- w- on the internet?
2: Um, you can go to my main website, which is logospilgrim.com. Um You can uh, where you you know you can go on um, uh, Twitter. I'm uh, Logos Pilgrim on Twitter. I'm also Logos Pilgrim on uh, Logos Pilgrim on Instagram, and I actually just recently started a new blog that I uh, call uh, Apostate Island. <laughs> Come over for some tiki drinks.
1: It's kind of like Fantasy Island.
2: <laughs> Welcome to Apostate <Appa> Island.
1: <laughs> Excellent. So, Logos, thanks so much for being on the show.
2: Thank you for having me yet again. It's always such such so much fun uh, chatting with you about you know a wide variety of of topics and uh, you know always a blast always a pleasure thank you so much.
1: Well that's about it for this episode I really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to hear previous episodes just go on over to shareslicepodcast.com. You can read more about Logos Pilgrim, uh, take a look at some of her great photos of cosplay, and also look at her books over at logospilgrim.com. Um, please, please consider leaving us a review or a rating over at iTunes, it really helps out. If you go to shareslicepodcast.com slash iTunes, or else just go to shareslicepodcast.com and click on the iTunes icon on the side. It'll let you subscribe to the show and you can also leave us a rating. It helps improve the show's visibility. Remember that music for this episode is by Chromatics Music, K-R-O, m-a-t-i-k-s and it's used with permission if you think that you're interesting enough for the show or you know someone who is weird enough to be on the show remember you can contact me at shareslicepodcast.com contact and just let me know so thanks so so much for listening and I hope to see you back next time